following podcast contains spoilers and words like fuck and Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hey there, thanks for joining us here. We watched a thing. Uh, as usual, he's Billy. I'm Topher. How you doing? I'm exceptional, my friend. What a good to 2020, mate. <laughs> what a year. What a year. Uh, you may you may have heard, Billy, a year like no other. Yes, unprecedented. <laughs> In these unprecedented times. I've not heard that this year, actually. That's 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 a first for me. How have you been, though? Good, good year for you, though, mate. You got a kid. Um, well, she's asleep at the moment, so that's I suppose that's what, all you can ask for, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's every parent's dream, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just get them asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't matter how much brandy or whatever else we... You're sticking them to get them there. Um, that's entirely besides the point. That's right. You're not a real parent until you've finergined your children. <laughs> you go to the chemist and they're like, what's this for? And you're like, allergies. And the pharmacist gives you that knowing nod. <laughs> you just hope that they're a parent too. And they're like, yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. And that's when you know you're a parent. <laughs> well, what are we doing this week, mate? We didn't really watch a movie, did we? Uh, speak for yourself, I've watched movies, but that's not that's not the point of this week's episode. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, I guess we both watch movies. In fact, we saw one together, but... <laughs> we did. We did. We went on a little We Watched a Thing date. But not what we're here for. No, not what we're here for at all. What are we doing this week, mate? We Well, it's the end of the year, so being a movie podcast, we are contractually obliged to do a top five list. That's right. It is the custom... <laughs> Um, how did you go making your list this year? We had a little chat about it. I don't, I don't know what is actually on your list, but how did you go making it? Um, how did I go about making it? Well, as the year went by, um, if I saw a good movie, I wrote it down in this little um, best of 2020 note I have on my phone. <laughs> you smart ass. You know and what then, I meant? I meant and so then today, to it down. <laughs> and so then today I was like, all right, what's the best five movies on <laughs> Did you find it hard to whittle it down at all? Like, how long was your list by the end of the year? I did not find it very difficult. Me neither. I had four films that I had rated a nine. So, it was like, okay, well, they're my top four. And then I just had to kind of battle out the films that I had rated as an eight. So, I mean, this is like, what, our fourth year doing this? Every year I still feel like, how do we do this? <laughs> do we do we alternate? Is that what we do? We do tend to alternate. And also important to note that- these are not ranked. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Mine actually are ranked five to one for the All first All right. Well, time fine. You, you, I don't fucking care, mate. You do you. <laughs> See, I don't give a shit. All right. Well, why don't you kick us off since you're all in an angry mood? <laughs> also important to note that these are films that came out for us in 2020. So, there are films in here, probably, I don't know your list, but there's probably 2019 films here that we didn't get till Jan, Feb, whatever. So if you're like, you guys are tripping, that's not a film from this year, we get it, but that's when we got it, so deal with it. So um, not necessarily my fifth favourite film of the year. Oh, but hey, wait, film- actually, just before you start, I have to ask, do you think we'll have any crossover? Okay, I'm looking at my list. We may have, it's going to be one or zero. Okay, all right. There's three on my list that you haven't seen. Okay, that does sound like me. Well, I don't. I I, I don't think you've seen them anyway. That track. I mean, that's the dr- the drinking game you could play 
with these episodes is drink every time Billy says, yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, smartass. You kick us off and I hope I have seen your first movie. <laughs> okay. You have seen this one. Uh, listeners to the show know that I was a fan of it in a shock to absolute nobody because it is David Fincher's Mank. Yeah, not didn't crack my five. Look, there are movies, I would say, looking at my list here, that the other four films, it's fair to say, grab me more than Mank does. But I also just hugely admire the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Of this film. I've got, I've, I have one film like that on my list where I'm like, it was really tough to put it there, but at the same time, I admired what it was doing so much, it was hard for me not to have it there. So, I completely understand that reasoning. That's that's Bloodshot, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you remember when, when, you remember when theatres closed down and for so long, the last thing we saw at the movies- <laughs> Like, for yeah. months and months, <laughs> the last thing we'd seen at the movies was bloodshot. Here's the thing about that, though. It's it's interesting that that has actually kind of made me have, like, this weird fond spot for bloodshot where I'm like, I know it's not a good movie, but I kind of feel warm and fuzzy about it. <laughs> um, half of what you said is right. Yeah. It's not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> No, of course, it's not on my list. Do you have anything else to say about Mank? Uh, no, if you want to know more about what we thought of Mank, uh, we did an episode on it, and I think it's very good. Um, well, my number one is a film that I know you've seen. We spoke about it. And your number one or your number five and therefore first on your list? Oh, okay. That's a good point. Well, let's go down then. I'll I mean, start- it's up to you. You're the one no, that's no, ordered it. No, you're right. I'll start if with five. I, all then. I will say is that if I was you, I'd go five to one. You know, okay. build up to it. Okay, I'll start with five then. My number five is a film that, again, we did on the show. And at the time, I was almost lukewarm on it. But this is the one that, for me, the more I think about it, the more I appreciate what it was doing and how it went about it. And that film is 1917. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this film, I didn't think it would crack my top five. I liked it, but I, I certainly didn't love it. But the more I reflect on how this film was put together and just what an achievement that is in its own right- I couldn't not have this on the list. This was the one for me that was battling out with a bunch of other films that I'd given an eight to. But this, it, it, I don't know. There's something about this movie that it is joyful to watch almost, even though it is such a dark subject. Um, I haven't revisited it. Uh, anyone that did listen to our episode knows that I did like that film. Um, but like a lot of other people, I probably thought it was more of a technical yeah. Marvel than it was a great film. Having said that, I still liked it. Yeah. All right. What do you got next? Uh, well, speaking of films that are not from 2020, Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life. Ah, interesting. Yes. We didn't do an episode on this, but I remember you telling me when you saw it. Yeah. It's, if you're not a Terrence Malick fan, don't watch this film. Yeah. It is Terrence Malick as fuck. <laughs> and if you're into that kind of thing- uh, it's pretty great. Yes, you've got to be in the mood for a pretty slow burn, yeah? It's a slow burn. It's pretentious as the day is long. Um, and it's bloody excellent. Yeah. I hadn't seen the last couple he made before this because word was that he'd kind of really gone maybe too far down the Malik hole. Um, <laughs> There's like, some kind of visual about the term Malik hole that I just don't like. <laughs> 
<laughs> like like Knight of Cups and a couple, yeah, and a couple around there. I was like, oh, you may, I, I no, I, I don't know that I need this in me, Terry. Yeah, um, <laughs> but a hidden life, a hidden life, real good. I'm back in the Malik hole. <laughs> <laughs> you clawed your way back into the Malik hole. Oh, mate, dove in head first. <laughs> All right, my number four is the second film that we did an episode on. And this is a film that, again, I think I liked a lot more than you at the time, which I think will probably be clear because I I don't think this is going to be on your list. And that film is Defy Bloods, which excellent screenplay by Spike Lee. Yes, there is some stuff that could be tightened a little, but I think the filmmaking is so good. And this is such an acting powerhouse of a film. I think the entire cast is insanely good in this film and i think it's it's almost a shame that it came out so long ago that i think it will be forgotten by the academy um because there was a time where i still think delroy lindo's getting a nomination personally yeah i i would i mean i haven't seen a lot better than him this year i don't think he's gonna win though it depends if they run him in lead or supporting and you could go either way with that character well it really is such an ensemble cast that yeah you absolutely could so and i guess yeah that also then depends on whether they run bozeman in lead or supporting for ma rainey's black bottom exactly because everyone's just going to be like get out of the way of of the five blood co-star chadwick boseman (laughs) exactly so yeah i i really loved this film at the time and i love it even more on reflection i know that you weren't as hot on it but from memory you did like it I liked it. Um, I, yeah, I certainly wasn't as high on it as you were. Um, yeah. I in the last in this last week, I was like, "The Five Bloods will be on Billy's list." What I should really do is get round to watching David Byrne's American Utopia, so that I could like snootily say that The Five Bloods wasn't even Spike Lee's best film of the year. <laughs> but I didn't get round to saying it, and I didn't get to say not even his best film of the year. <laughs> Yeah, okay. But that would have been a great moment. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of snuck it in there anyway, didn't you, mate? (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's your next one? My next one. Okay, I'm going to stick with 2019 films that we didn't get until this year. And this is the film Atlantics. Ah, yes. Which it has, I haven't revisited it since, so it's been almost a year since I saw it. Um, it's one of those films I'm almost too scared to go back to because I can't imagine the experience of watching it again will live up to what it was like. This was genuinely, this was the best movie watching experience I have had in years. I remember you particularly talking about the cinematography in it. Unbelievable. Same cinematographer as Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Like in the space, and you know, I saw those two movies within weeks of each other and was just like oh my god who is this person it's just like one of those people who going forward you'd be like if all i knew about a movie is that she was the cinematographer i'd watch it yeah um i fucking loved atlantics tell me what it's about it's a french film yeah it is french but it's set in africa and a bunch of young men set off in search of work across the mediterranean and then the women in their and then they're they're lost at sea, and the women in their lives are left with with that loss. And then the movie goes in a direction that you're like, oh wow, you know, kind of like Parasite, where you're like, oh, I didn't realize this is the movie I was watching. Yeah. yeah. Um, Atlantics does that in a big way, 
if I was to tell you what that is that it does, it would sound fucking stupid. But I bit down hard on it. I fucking love this film. Yeah, right. I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, speaking of 2019 films that we didn't get in 2019, um, this was nearly one of two films featuring this actor on my list that I never thought would make a top five list in in anything for me. It's Honey Boy, uh, written by Shia LaBeouf, starring Shia LaBeouf as his own father, and it is an exceptional film. Did you end up getting to this? I haven't seen it. I didn't see his little, you know, he had that two months where everyone was like, hey, Shia's back, and, and now that's over. <laughs> now now we hate Shia again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because within the space of, like, as you say, two months, we got this and Peanut Butter Falcon, which very nearly made my list as well. But this is such a great film. It, it's very reminiscent of, say, like The Florida Project, a little bit l- more stylized and less you know, realism as that's going for. But, geez, it's a great written film. And the acting by both him and Noah Jupe, who plays young Shia LaBeouf, just fantastic, really bloody good. But now he's back in movie prison. Well, as he should be. (laughs) (laughs) And possibly actual prison. Possibly real prison. (laughs) Baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) My next one is 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 a spoiler. Oh. It's a spoiler for- Listeners of an upcoming episode, it's a spoiler for you because we haven't spoken about it yet. Oh, my goodness. Um, Because, like, two days ago, we went off to the movies together. Um, Our local Dendi Cinema was good enough to invite us to a screening of Nomadland, Chloe Zhao's new film starring Frances McDormand. Um, It it won the Golden Lion at Venice. It is the current frontrunner with the bookies for the Oscars. Um... And that's because it's really fucking good. Wow. Now, this is a spoiler because we have n- we, we even went to lunch after and everything, but we didn't really talk about the movie. Uh, and yeah, as you say, shout out to Lucy from Dendi for, for giving us tickets to that event screening. That was wonderful. Um, okay. Well, yeah, we, we haven't recorded about that yet. We're going to do that after this. But spoiler for me, I don't rate it that highly. <laughs> um, that said, and, and I did say this to you at lunch. Frances McDormand is incredible in that movie. So, so, yeah, so this crept into your top five. It did. It did. Did you know it that did. immediately after watching or did you have to sit on it for a bit? No, this one I sat on for a couple of days and then looked at the list and was like, yeah, that's in. All right. Um, well, <laughs> let's keep the disagreement train going because you knew this was coming. <laughs> My number two is The Invisible Man. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Phenomenal film. Phenomenal film. That's, um, you know, if, if one of the best five films of the year for you is one with a final 45 minutes that's actually actively pretty bad, that's fine. <laughs> Elizabeth, like, as I just said about Frances McDormand, you cannot deny that Elizabeth Moss is outstanding in this film. Mate, you're talking to a West Wing fan. I've been on the Moss train since <laughs> the late 90s. Mate, I saw Donna in something the other day. Really? Yeah, Donna is in uh, The Undoing. <laughs> I had no show. idea that she had a post-wing career. Oh, mate, mate, Donna rocks it. I mean, she's only in the first episode and then her character inexplicably disappears with no reason why other than just she's not there anymore. <laughs> but She goes to Mandyland. Yeah. Hey, cut there for the West Wing fans. <laughs> um, but The Invisible Man. I really love The Invisible Man, and I love it more every time I watch it. I think it's really smart written 
smartly written film that is it blends genres so well and it who would thought that a genre film like this would be such a realistic depiction of domestic violence and abuse and it, it just had so many things to say that you wouldn't have expected from a sci-fi horror thriller like this i i absolutely adore this film yeah i agree with you for the first hour of the film <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the, like honestly, at the at the one hour mark of that film, I was arguably an eight out of ten. Right. Then then the third half hour I thought was middling, and then the fourth half hour I was like, this is pretty bad. Nah, it held me the whole way. I like I get that opinion, but I think I was just so into it. I think the cinema the cinematography is brilliant in this film. I think Lee Winnell when he's on fire, he's on fire. I think he does an exceptional job directing, really. I, I, I loved this film. It was a nine for me, and I've rewatched it since, and it, it held that. So, second best film of the year for me. Back to you, mate. Is This this is your final one, isn't it? This is my final one. Um, a bit sad that you haven't said, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, you, you can do it here if you want, unless you have seen this and I don't know about it. Um, Maybe. My final pick is... Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Oh, great film. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, incredibly impactful film. Um, it's, it's, it's such a quiet, contained movie that then, when it, sh- when it chooses to, just whacks you. And it's incredibly effective. Um, the central performance is brilliant. Just a hard recommend on Never Really Sometimes. And one of the very rare occasions, we talk about this occasionally, how normally bad it is when the title of the film is said in the film. (laughs) In this film, the sequence involving Never Really Sometimes Always is is just the most captivating shit you can imagine. I've heard a little about this, but remind me what it's about. So a, a teenage girl from rural Pennsylvania wants to have an abortion. And so she and her cousin set off uh, to New York City for this purpose. And that's the movie. Yeah, cool. All right. Definitely on my list. All right. My number one, again, a film that technically came out in 2019. We didn't get it till New Year. I love this film. I know that you liked it as well. I'm talking about... Eggers, The Lighthouse. Yeah. Good trip. Yeah. I just think for me, and, you know, you were talking earlier about Atlantics being your best, you know, film watching experience this year. I had the exact same experience with The Lighthouse. I just, I've never seen anything that for me is so defined as cinema. Like it is, this film is art and I didn't even get, you know, the full big screen experience. I watched this on a slow day at work at the start of the year on, you know, my little monitor, you know, and I was still just so blown away by what was happening on screen. I just think it it is so beautifully put together, as you say, a complete trip. (laughs) Like it puts you in a really strange headspace, but I just, I, I loved this film so much. Almost as soon as I saw it, I knew that nothing would beat it for my top of the year. Yeah, it was it was very good at the cinema. <laughs> Just so yeah, you know. I can imagine. I can imagine because the the cinematography is absolutely stunning. It was nominated last year for cinematography, didn't win, but beautiful looking film. And 
just further proof Robert Pattinson is the fucking best. Yeah. The fact that he is going toe-to-toe with Defoe in this film, who, you know, we know how great Defoe is, and those two, there's no divide between them. They're absolutely fantastic chemistry together in this film. Pattinson's great. Anyone who is yet to jump on that train because of some kind of Twilight hangover, easy if you're me and you haven't seen those films. <laughs> um, but even if that is the case and you haven't yet realised that Pattinson rocks, Pattinson fucking rocks. How are you feeling for the Batman? I'm, I'm, I'm going in with an open heart to the Batman. I'm giving it every chance to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen. I don't think that he can do as well as Affleck did. because Of course you, know. you don't, but that's not based in any kind of reality, <laughs> so that's fine. Uh, fuck you (laughs) all right well that's our top fives of the year that was a bit of fun but we're not done yet are we oh yeah i I did make that list i did (laughs) because this is a fun thing we do i love this tradition that you brought to the show can you remind us again how this came to you okay um it didn't not my idea stole it from someone yeah that's what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah who said that the Oscars should be given out 10 years after the fact, because that's when we've had time to really assess these films properly after they sat with us for a while. You don't get caught up in a, uh, in a campaign by unnamed, disgraced Hollywood producers um, <laughs> as much, you would think. So, it, you know, in a world where 10 years after the- where you're giving out awards 10 years after the fact, uh, Green Book doesn't win. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> In, in, in that spirit, we do our top five of 10 years ago. How did you go making your list this year? Actually, pr- uh, actually, this one was pretty easy for me. Really? I always find this really hard the 10 years after, mainly because my memory is so bad. Like, I, firstly, I go through my library of, you know, what I own and I try work that out. Then I, then I do my Googling, you know, best films of. And I found this year a lot harder than I thought it would be. And look, there's still absolute, there's definite holes in my 2010 viewing um winter's bone was a favorite of a lot of people's that year haven't seen it yeah same yep so we were talking earlier in the week and you said that you suspected we may have as many as three crossovers it's possible i'm sure that won't happen i know we'll have one crossover but i know we'll have one there's two others on mine that like i wouldn't put money on them being on your list but i have two films that i know you like so (laughs) okay it's possible. This will be interesting. This could this part could be short then. All right, you kick, you kick us off again though, and may, maybe start with the one that you think we're least likely to cross over on. I have not ordered my 2010. Least likely. Okay. The one we are least likely to cross over on, it will shock you to hear, um, yeah. is a documentary on Formula One driver Ayrton Senna called Senna, uh, yes. which- is a brilliant film. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, fun, fun fact, the the longest running feud that my brother and I have is <laughs> we had these two Formula One cars when we were little. Um, there was Nigel Mansell's Ferrari and Ayrton Senna's McLaren. Uh, to this day, we both think that Ayrton Senna's McLaren was ours <laughs> and that Nigel Mansell's Ferrari was the other ones. Um my brother is wrong. Senna's was mine. <laughs> I have a long emotional attachment to the dearly departed Senna. Um, and 
this documentary absolutely rules. I have no gauge as to whether this documentary works if you are not already interested. I don't know how to how to come at that at all. Maybe I could be that gauge because I I'm not at all interested. So maybe I'll watch it and I'll report back. And it's made it's all if if you know the story, it's I think it's more powerful rather than less is my guess. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good one. I have no documentaries on my list, but my one that I think we're least likely to cross over on is a Studio Ghibli anime film. It's called The Secret World of Arietti. I adore this film. I don't know this film at all. I, I don't think I've ever heard of this film. I, You know that I'm a massive Studio Ghibli fan. I think that this is their prettiest film. I think that this is their most stunningly animated work. It's an adaptation of The Borrowers. You remember The Borrowers? Like the little people who steal things? Yeah. So, it's an adaptation of that and it is so beautifully put together. And in typical Studio Ghibli form, it, rather than just the story being the story, thematically, it's got a lot going on about, you know, the environment and how certain people are treated and all that kind of stuff. And I just adored this film. I was lucky enough to actually see this in Japanese at the cinema back in 2010. And I've rewatched it at least a year since because it's just so beautiful and it touches me in places that only, you know, Ghibli films can. So Yuck. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, which I'm guessing a lot of people haven't, because even as far as Ghibli goes, this is, it's not, you know, seen, in, it's not up there with like Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke, but I'm telling you now that for me anyway, this is one of their best. So check it out. Okay. The next one that I think- won't be on your list is a bit of old-timey Denis Villeneuve. Incendies or Unsundies, I think maybe is how it's meant to be said, but I'll just say Incendies because that's how it looks. <laughs> um, this is, like, I think, I believe this is the one Villeneuve I haven't seen. It's, yeah, this is, um, it's not a date movie. <laughs> it's so, not. So typical Villeneuve then. It's not, it's not the feel-good flick of the summer. Um <laughs> But predictably, given the filmmaker, um, very good film. Yeah, right. Very good film. What is it about? I know nothing about it other than the title. It's about a woman trying to piece together her past and present. Okay. You just you, you can't you just can't go into any detail about the film because you you don't want to know a lot about it going in. Consider it on my list. I know I say that about so many movies, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll add it to the pile, the ever-growing pile. <laughs> um, right after my, Senna. Yeah. My next one, which, to be honest, this is, the, this is the only other film I have on my five that I'm, like, certain we won't cross over on. My last three are the three that I'm like, there's always a chance. <laughs> so, this is Insidious. <laughs> which I know you might find surprising because listeners of the show will remember that we- we went to see Insidious 4 together in our first year of the show, and that was God. the biggest pile of shit ever. But fuck, has this franchise fallen? Because the first Insidious film is really, really good, and it is really, really scary. It and The Conjuring came out around the same time from memory. I think The Conjuring was maybe a little bit after this, because it's not a 2010 film. But- Oh, really, really good, scary film if you're in for that kind of thing. <laughs> Which I am not. 
which you're not, which is why I knew that this would not be on your list. All right. Yeah, that one didn't take a lot of piecing together, did it? <laughs> okay. Film that might be on your list. Okay, let's see. This film, we'll do a little guessing game. Okay. This film spawned a TV series by the same name. Okay, no, I'm not there yet. All right, guessing game over. It's Animal Kingdom. Ah, yes. Fantastic film. I have not watched the TV series yet. Why didn't this make my list? I actually didn't see this coming across my research, so I, I just, it just completely slipped my radar. Great film, though. Very good film. It's strange when, in an ensemble cast, our guy, Guy <laughs> Pearce, yeah. is, not be- is not best on ground. No. Because, a, I mean, Jackie Weaver is in it. <laughs> Jackie Weaver's amazing. A before he was famous, Ben Mendelsohn is just yes, kind of classic Mendelsohn, just like just being a revolting pile of a human being yeah. and just absolutely just knocking it out of the park. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> Fucking good film. You know, even though we've both seen it, we should do it sometime because one request that we've gotten basically since we started is is to do some more Aussie films. And it, it is hard because most of these really great ones we've both seen. But, yeah, that is a cracker of a film. I, yeah, I, that that very well could have made my list had I actually <laughs> remembered that that was from 2010. <laughs> I'll go, see, so I've got three. I know that at least one of them isn't on your list, but I don't know which one. I'm going to take a guess and say this one is not on your list. It is a Pixar sequel, Toy Story 3. It's not on my list. Um, Okay. (laughs) Some of that is the fact that I swim completely against the tide here and think that 3 is actually in fourth place in the franchise. I think that 3 is just a not quite as good 2. I still think that 3 is better than 4. I still think that three is better than four. This is the one, though, that had I remembered about Animal Kingdom, this would have been cut off. Like, this, like I didn't order my list, but as you can see, looking at my phone, or maybe you can't because it's too bright, this is the one that's written down fifth. Um, I still think this film is very good, as far as sequels go. I was going to say, yeah, let's be clear. Toy Story 3 is fantastic. It's very good. Like, it is a third film that is better than most first films. <laughs> that's certainly true. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Just snuck on for me. I'm happy that it didn't make your list, though. So, I mean, let's see what you got next. Do you reckon I cried at the end of Toy Story 3? No, but neither did I, and I cry in fucking everything. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I know, right? I that's cried really in, weird. I cried in the fourth one. I, I, I mean, my daughter was watching Up today, and I had to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, my next one that could be a crossover. Okay. Because um, I'm really I'm really swimming in Billy's Pond here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a crossover then. <laughs> so, I have Ben Affleck's The Town. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, we can just stop this gimmick now because our next two are, are crossovers then. Yeah. The Town is exceptional. and it, The Town rules. One of the best things about The Town is that as an Affleck fan- you know, he crushes it, completely crushes it with Gone Baby Gone. And you're like, yeah, that's my boy up there. That's him proving that he has chops. And he's not just the guy who sat on the couch eating Cheetos while Matt Damon wrote Goodwill Hunting. This guy that actually did also has happen. talent. <laughs> that also did happen. But, you know, Gone Baby Gone just proved he had talent. 
And then this just completely backed it up to say, yeah, this guy is not a joke. It wasn't a fluke. He is an incredible filmmaker as well as actor. I like this film more than Argo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. It goes Gone Baby Gone, The Town, Argo. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, yes, I think that Affleck's directing career has actually been diminishing returns. Yes. For his four films. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's what was great about this second one. It was before. <laughs> yeah. Because this film, like, I, I do think it is just genuinely a, a really good film, but it's also just wildly entertaining. It is. It's, it's just a great yeah. ride. Great performances all around. Oh, Blake, Jeremy Blake, Renner, Just killing it. Yeah. Blake Lively, who I'm not usually that huge a fan of. Fantastic in this film. Absolutely. Doing God knows what to Affleck's marriage at the time. <laughs> Who was he married to at this point? Was this Garner? Garner, yeah. Yeah, poor Jennifer Garner. Poor Jennifer. She's the forgotten Jennifer. <laughs> it's true. It is it is true. If I say the name Jennifer to you, how far down the list is she? I mean, you go like, you know, Aniston, Connolly, Connolly, Lopez, you got a million Jennifers before you get to Ghana. You might not even think of Ghana. I, if I gave you 15 seconds to list Jennifers, you might not get to Ghana. Well, you'll get that when you're in Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Though Affleck somehow escaped. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Phenomenal film. And then, of course, I mean, well, this is we both know that, of course, the best film of 2010, I, I think we did our best films of the decade only last year. And this was on both of them. It's The Social Network. Yes. And um, if we're doing the Oscars for 2010 now, um, yeah. I think a pretty reasonable chance that this beats The King's Speech just quietly. Not, on- not only did I not come across Animal Kingdom on anything I looked at today, I didn't come across The King's Speech either. It wasn't on I a did see The King's list. Speech somewhere. Someone did had you? it at number two. And oh, I was that's like- insane. That's that's a dud list, mate. <laughs> um, Although you know what, you know what? I'll, okay, I have not seen the King's Speech since the cinema in 2010. I I, I remember liking that movie. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was great, but I liked it. Yeah, Haven't sure felt the need to revisit it. Um, but I've watched so I've watched the Social Network oh. an awful lot of times because it is an absolute fucking masterwork. I rewatched it not two months ago, and it holds up. In every level, like everything about that film comes together so well. The tight fucking dialogue and Finch's, I'm, I'm going to say, I think that it's Finch's best directed film and it, it all just sings together so well. Everything about that film just works. Like you're not even a Jesse Eisenberg fan, but I mean. No, Jesse Eisenberg's had like one really good role. And it's this. It's this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic movie. I mean, who thought, like, when when it was like, oh, Justin Timberlake's going to be in this film? And it was like, oh, my God, he's fucking great. I mean, even before that, it's just when the first thing you heard was, oh, they're making a Facebook movie? And then yeah. everyone was like- Facebook the fa- movie? A Facebook and the then, movie? And then it was like, wait, Aaron Sorkin's writing Facebook the movie? Yeah. What is that? What, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no one saw this coming and it just- it's still one of the best films of the last 20 years. Yes, there's not a year that goes by where I don't watch it because it fucking rules. Yeah. All right. I guess that's us done for another year, mate. We've got a whole year to think about how we didn't have Bloodshot <laughs> in our top five. Oh, you know what? 
I'm scrapping Defy Bloods and I'm putting in Bloodshot. Or, or you just wait 10 years and do it then. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, I've had a decade with it to really, to give Bloodshot the time it needed to process, um, which is what that film deserves. Do you think we'll still be doing this in 10 years? N- no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I'd have loved it if I could have found room in my 2010 list for Unstoppable. I, I was really close. I was really close. Chris Pine. I love, I love the train that won't stop. <laughs> it's Chris Pine's best film. Honestly, it is. And I'm not slamming Chris Pine. I really like Unstoppable. Yeah. Just, just recently we were talking about who's the best, the best of the Hollywood Chris's. And I was like, I'm, I'm on the Pine train. Yeah, see, I do find that crazy because it's clearly Hemsworth. Nah, like who? Who would I rather do? Yeah, Hemsworth. But <laughs> <laughs> but Pine's the best. <laughs> All right, root, shoot, and marry. Pine, Evans, Hemsworth. Well, Evans is gone. So you're gonna okay? Clearly, uh, marry Pine. And what was the terminology for Hemsworth? Root, mate. R- root. Okay, <laughs> you got to root throw and up Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> right in his malachol. That was that was the easiest question ever, actually. Yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, it's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we getting to next week, mate? Either Nomadland, spoiler alert, I liked it, or <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. That's right. We'll be recording on both of those this week, and I guess we'll play a little jazz with which one comes out first. Mm. I- they will be the next two episodes. We'll, 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 we'll play with it. We'll play with it. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. We'll give you one more week as well to enter our, our competition. So if you want to get a review in for the show and send us a screenshot of it to either our email or any of our social medias, you'll go in the draw to win a T-shirt or mug. And that's it from us. Catch you next week. Go watch a movie. Probably The Social Network. (laughs) 